Hello, and welcome to episode number 49 of Future Chat from Unwind Media. I'm Rob Attrell, and I'm joined today by my charming cousin and co-host, Mike Attrell. We meet each and every week to bring you all the week's science and tech news. Nick Maddox, our illustrious senior contributor, is also joining us. Nick brings us unexpected and interesting digressions, and we're so glad that he's here to do that. Nick, how are you doing this fine, fine Valentine's Day? Um, well, it's that much nicer because it's Kaya's birthday today. Oh, that's nice. Um, that said, uh, I'm, <laughs> you're welcome, dear. Uh, that said, I'm kind of hungover. All right. You and do just, look a little red in the face. I want to, I want to just tell a little story about that. I'm going to digress right off the top. Perfect. You wouldn't expect any so, less. So 530 rolls around. I'm just bolt awake, can't sleep. That's usually the first bad sign of a bad hangover. Yep. And uh, so, ejection of toxic material commences. <laughs> the, the, Wake up, my darling girlfriend, early on her birthday. Is this birthday. the good kind of ejection or the bad kind? <laughs> the details. <laughs> Is it the normal kind or the abnormal kind? (laughs) Oh, the normal? Like, is there a normal kind? Anyway. (laughs) So wake up, my darling girlfriend, on her birthday and Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, She offers me a cold cloth to put over the back of my neck so that I'll feel better. And a little later, still not feeling 100%, she goes, you know, once, once it's a little lighter out, I'll go and buy Gatorade for you so that you'll feel better. So that's, that's Kaya being so nice and so understanding on her birthday. So just special. Why isn't she hungover? Yeah. It sounds like you messed up this one. Why? Why are you? Well, you always mess up when you're hungover because you drank too much. That's what I mean. So why isn't she hungover? Yeah. Uh, Because she didn't drink as much as I did, nor did she stay at the bar as long as I did. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, that one sounds like it's on you. You got to you got to be on your game for Valentine's Day. This is entirely this is entirely my fault, and she was still so nice about it. Now you have. uh, Although we we don't really we don't make a big deal out of Valentine's Day because it's Kaya's birthday, and that should take precedence. We feel. Yeah, unless it, unless it future should. chat's also happening. <laughs> well, she's going to yoga, so that's I her special alone time with away from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a special day like her birthday, she gets the hell away from me for a little while. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> Only when you're suffering. She truly loves being yeah. away from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys want to get started with. Uh, the one piece of follow-up we have here. I do. It's Valentine's. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's not that's not really follow-up. It's just at the start of the show. Are we talking about artificial social constructs? Uh, we can. I hadn't planned to. I was taking a shot at Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> oh, good. I worried it wasn't clear enough. All right. This this part two of follow-up. Um, was this you, Nick? Yes, that was me. All right, what's going on? What do we do? What do we do wrong? Uh, the United States 
is removing its um, <clears throat> its caps on fat and cholesterol as part of a healthy diet. Or they're not removing it, but they're drastically increasing it. Um, because that was all based off of the Six Nations studies. And that has since proven to be fraudulent. And they are going ahead with evidence-based practices, which is great. That is fun. Who doesn't love evidence-based practices? No one on this show. So, <clears throat> no. That's we all. Right. We all love it almost to a fault, yeah, I sure. think. Can you love it to a fault? We should find out. <laughs> <laughs> and then make a decision based upon our findings. Exactly. It's <laughs> perfect, Rob. Everyone yeah. around me thinks that is a bad practice. Um, I don't know, it's because it takes time, because it takes effort, but that's Who my favorite thing to do. And why do you spend time with them? I don't know. I try to, I try to Here's help. my question. I, I consider myself an evidence. I hold judgment out until I have evidence for a specific judgment. Now, would you consider that a fault? Not, not being excited for something because there isn't enough evidence to support that excitement yet. <laughs> uh, not necessarily. <laughs> Honestly, not necessarily. Okay. I know you're making fun of me for the HoloLens, but um, I got some evidence that it was going to be good, and that's why I made that judgment. And you didn't see the same evidence as me, or at least didn't make the same conclusions as I did. And uh, we'll see what happens in a future experiment when we get oh, more Oh, we evidence. will. We will see. <laughs> exactly. That is the very definition of what will happen, gentlemen. We will just see. We will defining see what the word happens future. in the future. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with uh, a little bit on electricity and powering things with electricity. So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this. So Tesla Motors, I guess Tesla Incorporated in general, not just the <clears> motor <throat> division, um, released their earnings for the most recent quarter. I think it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, and they were a little disappointing. And at the end of this announcement, the earnings call, um, Elon Musk sort of teased that in the next six months, they would have some kind of battery that would go in your house that I'm not sure exactly like it was it was really teasing, but basically a consumer version of a battery that would connect you to the grid, which is something that we've talked about here before having, having personal or like some kind of diffuse grid with batteries in it and sort of what that could mean for technology. What do you guys think? Um, well, I mean that the diffuse grid has been a, a topic of conversation, particularly when it comes to renewable energy sources like wind and solar, where you don't necessarily have baseline production at all times. Right. And you absolutely need a diffuse grid in order to do something like that. But I mean, it's obviously a tremendous upfront cost that you can't necessarily force people to do. So I don't know. That's interesting. I don't because Tesla's also has the Gigafactory where they're producing yeah. a lot of solar energy. I mean, they're producing a large amount of energy by the standards of solar power. Yeah, which because I mean, uh, 
I think the Gigafactory's yearly output is met in a few hours or a few days or something like that by Ontario's nukes. But I'm wondering if they're trying to get in on energy in general. Because yeah. these house batteries would support a smart grid kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or the development thereof. Yeah. I think, think it's definitely a good step towards, uh, like Nick was alluding to, with the renewable energy and people even having their own solar panels um, to be able to store that energy and use it for when when it's needed. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I'm still holding out for my own personal fusion reactor, um, but that that's just me. That's <laughs> I'm looking f- I'm looking forward and and ahead to where technology is going to take us. But I think in the meantime. Uh, the, the personal large storage battery that could potentially satisfy the demands of, of at least a single residence um, is promising if, if it is if it does come to fruition. Yeah. So he was saying that this battery can apparently power a house, a normal household, for a week. A week? I, that seems crazy. Good God. I don't see how that could be a consumer product. That battery? Yeah. Like it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of what appliance in your house, like with size wise, would match that as a con- like as a consumer product. I'm imagining it like a hot water tank that's just a battery. I don't know how logistically how much power you can fit into a smaller thing. So I'm I'm picturing it having well, to be that big if it's powering for probably a week. fairly easily figure out the energy density required based on just average usage of a yeah. house. Right, but that yeah. ju- uh, like I'm picturing the the factory that's going to be making those right. batteries. It seems insane. Yeah, because yeah, we don't know how big that's the batteries are going to be. Right, like yeah, right. Like we that's, know what kind of battery goes into an electric right. car. We know a, the approximate size of that, and that <clears> runs an electric car <throat> for a couple hundred yeah. miles. So I don't know. It, that seems like a lot. I feel like that's got to be lithium. Like, I just don't know where else you're going to get that kind of energy density. Granted, I haven't seen one of these batteries, but like I've seen people with lead acid battery banks and for, you know, cottages and remote locations. And they're, so it's, it's a lot of batteries. Was the, was the quote regarding it not having to be recharged in that week? Like, I guess so. Like, um, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Crazy. So yeah, I'm really interested. Again, this is sort of a we can't, we we end up talking about the future, and so when something gets announced, we kind of talk about it. It says they say they're going to start manufacturing it in six months. So I don't know. I I'm excited, but also kind of like this, like six months away from starting is that sounds almost more like a Kickstarter project. Like there's going to be delays. There's going to be things happening. And since there's no, like, that is a great idea, but it's not, there's not a, like, a cool factor in having a battery in your house, like a big house powering battery. So like, I think I can't get cool. as excited about that. <laughs> but it's not cool in the same way as a HoloLens. So, wait, what? Oh, what's happening? <laughs> like, I don't know. We've switched. <laughs> it's. Okay. I'm a so, kid and Mike is an adult. That's see, basically the, uh... the story. As far as the battery goes... I prefer the term man-child for you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, that's like, fair. I guess, from a technological standpoint, has it been that big of a hurdle to have the ability to do that? Because I know with, like, say, mobile devices, 
the compromises battery capacity for size, right? So right. in this sense, you're not you don't really care about the size that much. Like you do, but you don't. Right. So, yeah, that's true. You care about the weight, I would think, more than anything. Yeah, probably or more even just the footprint of it. Like, but yeah, yeah, not not the same way that a cell phone would have. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see more details on the technology it uses for sure. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about something fitting into a new condo build, yeah. for instance, it's totally different than talking about it fitting into an existing home that already exists with no no space set aside yeah. for it. Most hom- homes today couldn't just take this water, hot water heater sized thing yeah. in their house. But There's just you have to build like some sort of shack for it in your backyard, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but then you get vulnerable to temperature f- yeah. temperature fluctuations, yeah. and that's going to be a problem. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll we'll have to see in the next six months. But I, I just I thought it was cool to mention it and and get mm-hmm. you guys take. So it's an exci- exciting yeah. thing in and the it, future, at least. I'd like to I'd like to jump in with one more thing before we move on. If yeah, that's okay. It's uh, like I feel like it's jumping in and where you would have a portable generator kind of thing, except yeah. it would be much cheaper because the electricity is a lot cheaper than gas. Or yeah, um, but it's there's an interesting situation that's developing in the states. It sounds like where more affluent homeowners will install a generator for when you have uh, like grid outages and less affluent people can't really afford it. And it's effectively creating a two tier system where, you know, you would assume that electricity should be supplied to everyone equally. Yeah. But, uh, interesting. I just, that could have some interesting sociological implications. Yeah. I think definitely. If you saw, uh, a battery connected to the grid near where solar, uh, solar arrays, I guess you'd call them, so arrays of solar panels are set up, that would at least be a way to put that power in the grid in a sort of distributed way, but it wouldn't require an individual house to have one. It would be more like a community thing where everyone would pitch in something and you'd all have access to the power that it generates and the and the tax if it if it generates more power than it than the community needs it would generate a bit of revenue for the yeah. community. But you wouldn't need the output from one individual yeah. family for their house. You could also have a setup where you uh, incentivize people who can invest into having a generator or battery type system, and then they can either sell it back to the community for those times where there there is an outage of that, that type. I guess you can't really just willy-nilly tap into a different grid like at least not to my knowledge maybe you can i don't know how it works but um oh man just just charge them all during off peak hours (laughs) and then discharge them when the rate is higher (laughs) just make bank i don't think alberta even has that type of floating rate like an off peak versus peak like i know our bill just shows like Um, a per per kilowatt hour charge Honestly, I'm not surprised given what I know of Alberta's power makeup. It's, um, I think it's a lot of coal, some hydro and wind, but the wind still doesn't 
I don't think it really makes a dent in the coal production. Is it all coal still? I thought but, it was natural gas by this point. I know, like, direct energy uh, is. I can't see NMAX being coal. It might be it's natural, probably natural gas. gas. It's a, it, I, I recall it being yeah. a fossil fuel plant, which is yeah. just point and shoot kind of. I'd 95% sure it's natural gas, given Medicine Hat and the history there with how much gas it has. All right, you guys talk, and I'm on the case. <laughs> okay. Should we move on to the next electricity story? We're staying on electricity. We'll do a mini follow-up. I don't care. I'm not going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, you got a story here about a concept electric car. Um, I think it's almost a bit of a stretch to call it a car. Uh, If you watch the videos, I don't know if you guys had a chance to check out some of the uh, the YouTube clips. I didn't check out the video. Before yesterday, like when I was still checking on it and I was the only one that had stories, I was worried I was... (laughs) putting stories into the wrong document <laughs> <laughs> i had my stories in there so, earlier uh, but anyway i uh anyway <laughs> no it's 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 a two-seater like almost motorcycle sidecar type setup like it's it's still an enclosed vehicle um but it operates mm-hmm. very much like a motorcycle does still with like the steering wheel and everything but it maneuvers the way a motorcycle does um so they're developing it for Specifically, I think at least at first for uh, areas where it's very high density uh, pedestrian population, such as uh, Europe and parts of Asia, where people don't own full size vehicles because there's nowhere to put them um, and no space on the streets to them really. But this one allows uh, the same, you know, mode of transportation without the the size of of a full size vehicle or even a compact car. Um, and and it's entirely electric, uh, battery powered. So it's it's yeah, it doesn't have to you don't have to fill up the tank or anything like that, just plug it into your your home. Um so it's it's interesting to see these types of things come out, especially for more developing uh developing countries that that may not have a, a full uh population that uses vehicles at this point, but might allow people to have something that kind of accommodates the available space. Um, hmm. yeah, it doesn't look like, at least from what I could tell that they, they weren't on the market yet. I think they were going to start right. test marketing, marketing them in, in different areas, but the couple of videos they have, I think were Paris and Spain that they're, they're kind of driving them around in. Um, if you guys have a chance to take a look at them, it's, it's actually kind of cool how they maneuver. Like they actually, the wheelbase actually like tilts kind of like this into turns so the entire vehicle kind of like shifts as it like rounds a corner, kind of like a motorcycle does. So it's it's pretty cool. I think it'd be fun to drive. Oh, I might have seen or I might have seen something like yeah. that earlier. I'm picturing an earlier version of this that I saw maybe oh. a year or two ago. It does look like a motorcycle. I'm watching okay. the video right now. Yeah, I've I've seen that before. They're those yeah. are really cool. I like yeah. those. Um so yeah, it's and that's a it's a nice, it's also, it's almost smart car esque. Mm-hmm. It's just, it seems like it would be super efficient battery wise, really good commuter, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it is made by Toyota. There's still a lot of material. Yeah. There's a lot of material still. I feel like it's not yeah, very minimal. Well, it's minimal compared to an alternative enclosed vehicle. I was going to say, as opposed yeah. to what? Like, but it is enclosed. Seg- no, that's what I mean. Like, as opposed to a Segway? Like, how 
how minimalistic do you want this thing, Rob? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess in this, this is the least possible yeah, exactly. car yeah. you could have. Like, this is yeah. a car, but it's like the smallest, least car yeah. you could have. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of what you need for like a in the rain or in the snow. electrical vehicle. Yeah. Oh, there are oh, there are two yeah. seat ones as well. And, that makes yeah, me feel it better. definitely wouldn't be practical in a place where you'd need you know kind of like high torque vehicles or all-terrain sure. or anything no like it's that. not a yeah, racing it'd car be, it'd be a commuter for very constant yeah. climate yeah i, I would drive want to take that no. into the mountains <laughs> i think i would i would take it into the mountains okay you do that i'm i'm not the <laughs> smartest <laughs> so nick did you find the information we were looking for i certainly okay. did what did you find let me just go back to that tab. <laughs> uh Installed capacity reached 12,834 megawatts in 2009 with coal being 5,692 megawatts and natural gas 5,189 megawatts representing the bulk of the province's electrical fleet because that accounts for uh, five-sixths of it. Um, Recent additions to the grid have increased increased wind capacity to five 657 megawatts and hydroelectric capacity stands at 900 megawatts. Mm. I didn't know coal was like Which, half almost. That's crazy. I just, that's kind of sad that we're still needing to use coal. I, I just, I look at it and I'm like, come on, Alberta, get it together. Like, legit. Like, yeah. This is like an energy yeah. province. We're still using coal. That's your power makeup. Mm. Like, yeah, that's fair. Like, let me, I'm pretty sure you could easily replace the entirety of that coal generation with a nuke. Probably. Probably a better. But whose backyard are you going to put that in? A a better energy return on (laughs) it. Well, have you been to the prairies, Mike? <laughs> it's all backyard. But no one wants it in their backyard. That's my point. Or yeah, it's it's all nothingness. Put it halfway between Calgary and Edmonton. <laughs> Red Deer. <laughs> yeah, just, out, Red just Deer. outside Red Deer. <laughs> no one lives there. It needs to go somewhere if they're yeah. gonna. It seems like it's a good idea. Just from not even in from the electricity, all this perspective from the environmental perspective it's the the safest way we know how to make energy actually you know what my i believe i have a story on this on my blog and i'm sure you have the figures there what a goof you can find it and then we'll put a link to it i don't know but not right now no, we'll pimp out vodka and equations. We have to. Oh, that is our mandate. I appreciate that. At least part yeah. of our mandate. It's a contractual obligation. Yeah. Cross promotion. Contractual right? obligation. Yeah. Even. <laughs> Remind me that when I write up my next contract. Yep. By the way, Mike, have you thought about forming a union <laughs> opposing Rob's tyrannical dictatorship over the unwind media? I think we've Empire? talked about this before. I think we should. We should. Have we? At least off air, we have. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Good. I don't think I was yeah. part of this. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't like start negotiations with a tyrannical dictator before you have a union, exactly. Rob. Well, I understand, <laughs> but now you're talking to me about it. 
or at least talking about it openly while I'm here. That's okay. There's there's nothing you can do about it at this point, Rob. Interesting. Well, it seems like it hasn't really started yet. Us? You're only shooting yourself in the foot if you fire us, Rob. It's true. This is tricky. <laughs> By All the right. way, no. can I get in touch with uh, Amon and Keegan? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure they'd want to yeah. be I'll, on I'll, I'll talk to Damien and BL too. So we'll just, you work on oh, them, sweet. I'll work on them and we'll get back to you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Cool. All right. So in the second half of the electric car story, uh, we have the story from yesterday that the Wall Street Journal reporting that Apple has hundreds of people working on hundreds even in part. <laughs> first of all, well, so I also I, I then I heard an article. Say, it sounds like there are dozens <laughs> of us, dozens. It's Apple's not a giant company in terms of numbers compared to a lot of other companies. They don't need a lot of employees. Um, so hearing that there are hundred people, hundreds of people working on a project is is a lot. I heard one article saying they they took the word hundreds. And extrapolated to say there are less than 999 people working on this. <laughs> but so I, <laughs> the, safe assumptions, yeah, people. The the thing is, so the news was that Apple is making or working on a car. I've heard that it's probably electric. I've heard that it could have some self driving aspects, and I've heard that I heard it's not self driving. The, there's. There's a quote not? in the in that Wall Street Journal article that said so and so said it's not self driving that they're not looking at a self driving aspect right now. Oh well, then I heard misreporting later. Um, but so I don't know. It seems like Apple is literally the company with the largest market cap in the world. They have seven hundred billion dollars plus on reserve, just sitting there waiting to be used. So. What do you guys like? I think Apple is in a great position to do something that they've never even remotely looked at before. And this seems like a possible candidate, at least. What do you guys think? I think they're opening themselves up for a world of hurt because um, they're stepping outside of their kind of their wheelhouse of electronics and they're getting into the whole auto business. And I think everyone kind of. If we'll just look at Detroit, like it's a it's a rocky rocky road, per se, um, to try to get into the automotive business. And Tesla is obviously not making money on it yet. Um, not to say that they won't once it gets more widely adopted, but I think I guess if you hire the right people, you can kind of get started. But and yeah, I guess Apple has a name already, so people are familiar with that. So maybe maybe it is a good move to kind of at least test it out, but. Um, when I, when I started reading this, I'm like, why are they even trying this? Like stick to electronics, you know, make vehicle components, uh, heads up displays, whatever, but to get into actually building an entire car, I don't know if that's a wise thing. Listen, listen, Apple is all, uh, all about the walled garden. Do you yeah. want to just like go throwing Apple components into some random other thing? No, you make the whole thing so that you can then put your iPod in it. Mm-hmm. and keep living the i life i think nick has a point <laughs> further further i think that either the bruce or the darlington nuclear power plants in ontario could replace alberta's coal i have checked the data it looks okay. about right Good. so what rob maybe you can answer this question would you envision the 
iCar having that your Mustang wouldn't have? Or even well, the Tesla, because that's probably would. the more technologically advanced one. The Tesla yeah. is probably the closest yeah. analog. So there was Does a story. Rob want a Mustang? Is this happening? <laughs> I don't have any particular need for a sports car. Uh, so the way I see it, the car industry as a whole is pretty old guard. They, they take some new <clears throat> manufacturing techniques every once in a while, but it's very iterative. And I think that a company with as, as much money and creative people as Apple could flip it on its head the same way that they have with computers and with phones. That's I a- think. No, that's that's. I don't think anyone could argue against them having comp- revolutionized those two industries. I I'm not saying they haven't, but I mean, a car is a very different product than a phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like an odd move yeah. is where I'm going with that. And it's funny because the weird thing is when when we hear about say Google self driving cars or designing airports. No one even bats an eye at that they're looking into it. It's like, oh, well, it's Google. They're into everything. But yeah. Apple doesn't have that reputation. So I think people's knee-jerk reaction is, well, why are they getting involved in that? But I think if you heard the same thing from Google, which we technically already have, this is self-driving. Right. So that's what makes it, I guess, more of a Google-esque uh, endeavor. Pe- people see Honestly, that as... Google wants to mine Yeah, asteroids. no, exactly. That. Yeah, like I nothing is a no shock exactly. After that's that. the whole thing. Apple doesn't have that reputation yet. So, the the reason Apple made an iPod in the first place was because, among other people, Steve Jobs and the other executives love music, and they didn't like the way certain things were being done in the music industry. And so they created the iPod, and with it, the iTunes Store, and, and they DRM. did they. Nothing has ever been, well, DRM briefly, that was a <laughs> venture into mistakehood. Uh, they did change the, the industry completely. So, so much so that the iPod doesn't need to exist anymore and the music industry will continue to have, to be better and, and different. I think that with cars, like the, the big thing Apple does is they take, they, they want to be in charge of both the software and the hardware. So they have CarPlay. They they sort of took a little jump into the car. But everything I've heard is that, first of all, the car experience can only be so good with CarPlay because the, the touchscreen is made by the manufacturer, either the manufacturer of the car itself or by some company like Pioneer that make car components. I think Apple wants to have more control over the car as a whole and to do something like Tesla. There was talk there, I, I've heard rumored or at least whispers in the last couple months about, first of all, Apple possibly trying to buy or merge with Tesla. And I've heard Apple trying to poach slash take away Tesla employees. And I think they really like what Tesla are doing. Having the, the whole system, I don't know if I'm going to put a link to Matthew Inman's Tesla review. I'm sure you guys have both seen it. But the way oh, that yeah. yeah, the way that they build both the software and the hardware for the Tesla, I think Apple is drooling at the possibility of doing that and but having control of it themselves and being able to incorporate all of the technology, the wireless technology and the the communications technology into a car, but with good design 
as well, like the Apple design. I think if Tesla goes to the dark side, like people are going to see that as a sellout and they won't, it will take away the, the cool aspect of Tesla. Personally, I think that's, I'm, that's what I think. I'm so happy you're describing that as going to the dark side because that's exactly how I feel about Not it. Not in an overall <laughs> encompassing like company sense, but between Tesla versus everything I else, agree. like Tesla's trying to do things differently their own way. And then to say, okay, fine, here, Apple, have everything we've ever worked for. I don't see that. No, but it wouldn't it's be like, like... That would be like David selling out to Goliath. Being it's like, not selling yeah, out. Goliath turns out like you're destroying cities and whatnot, but you're not so bad. Like you just misunderstood. It's it's not selling out though. It would be they would. I think that's the very definition Tesla, of Tesla. Selling doesn't out, need Apple selling everything yeah. you've worked for to Tesla. Doesn't else. need Apple. They would act. They would hire all the people and work together. What What can Tesla if, gain it, it from working like, with Apple? The, Rob, are there the, rainbows in your vision of how this goes over? The like, massive do, do amount of resources. Rainbows? What about unicorns? Do you picture unicorns when that happens? So Tesla last year open source. Just not engaging, eh? No, I'm not. Tesla opens. talking and mocking. I know you can. Um, I, fact, I'll let you do I that. That's fine. <laughs> Tesla open sourced all of their electric car patents last year. Brilliant so really, business move. Yeah, it is. No, it, it really is. It absolutely is because it pushes the industry mm-hmm. forward and Tesla needs cooperation from the industry yeah. to do that. So I, I don't know if it's that necessarily. No, it, it for the I infrastructure. I've, I heard of, that that is why. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it forces you can be like, oh, hey, look, guys, existing technology. You don't need to make anything because competing standards are a problem, as we've discussed previously. Yeah. But then, you know, you've got an entire industry who will just build your infrastructure for you yeah. in that sense. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, there well, was he, he, we he'd rather things. see widespread adoption versus him being the only one doing it. Right. And patents are going to strangle that effort. Yeah. So there was a story yesterday that apparently Japan has more electric charging stations than they do gas stations now. And... I think it would be harder. Like Japan's a very concentrated area. There's huge population density, whereas the States and America, North America is spread out a lot more. But if we can get to that point, it's going to take more than just the, a company the size of Tesla doing mm-hmm. it. And so I think Apple taking a plunge into making an electric car is only positive. They have tons of experience making batteries that are efficient and low power when they're not being used, which is a big part of it. They have a lot of experience with design they have the money to hire talented people who know about the car industry and they have a lot of work manufacturing with metal for the unibody construction of all their laptops. Like the laptops are made for starting out with one piece of aluminum that they machine, they hollow it out, put the components in. It's totally different from any other computer that is manufactured unless, unless you're talking about clones that are made, that are made afterwards and they're still not as good quality. I think if Apple can apply that to a car, I think they can, they really can change the industry for the better. That is going to be a very, very expensive car. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it will not ever crash an entire car body. No, I'm not saying I'm not (laughs) at no point. Did I even imply that (laughs) you're taking my argument to the plates? uh, 
That would be horrendous. To clarify on my previous statement of them of it not being a good idea, I meant for Apple. For the industry, I think it's a great idea because it it's yeah, it, it only furthers the efforts to for widespread adoption of electric cars. And but yeah, you're going to be paying a premium for it for sure. But you're paying a premium for electric cars anyways. Don't have not it's moving away from premium. At least that's where they're trying to do. They're- right, but Apple has never ever had a problem making tons of money capturing just the high end of the market. Right, because it's a $300, $400, $500 device that's not a $100,000 vehicle. Right, but it's the same principles. People are used to spending 100 times more on a car than they are on a phone, or 1,000 times more. Between 100 and 1,000 times more, they are. Okay. Somewhere in that order of magnitude is where all phones and all cars lie. <laughs> so you you would you would envision Apple taking a shot at like luxury car market? Yeah, they're not going to make an every man's car. They've never made an every man product except for maybe the like the iPod Shuffle, what about the five C. That was supposed no, to be. I mean, there, there was talk. There was no. It was yeah, never supposed was. to be. There was talk. The in commercial the was of it all being. about every man. No, I mean like every man buying, but it does that doesn't mean it's cheaper. Right. But they're trying to market it as an every man device. Expensive. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because it's a hundred bucks cheaper, but it's still a premium phone. Sure. A premium every man phone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it worked. They they sold a ton. And there's also the aspect of people coming I I've heard this said on other tech podcasts, but people coming into an Apple store wanting to buy this five C because it's cheaper. And then getting talked up to the full phone, whereas before they wouldn't have even come in. So there's the two facets to that plan. They're just they're happy selling this lower, uh, this slightly lesser product, the five C. But they can also convince people, hey, for just a hundred bucks more, you can get this, the, yeah. the newer like top that's, of the line. That's phone. a classic marketing scheme, though, to say, oh, if it, yeah, it it's only a hundred bucks you're more. You're already spending five hundred. Right. Exactly. <laughs> It works really well, and their products, they they have a reputation, and they're the, one of the most valuable companies in the world for that reason. They do it very well. Yeah. It may not be, like, it, they have, obviously, intention of making a lot of money. They're, their profit margins are insane, and their average cost per device sold is huge, and it's growing. But there's a reason they have that reputation. Millions and millions of people, 75 million people last quarter, we're really happy with their mm-hmm. phones. They get really, really good satisfaction ratings yeah. on their product yeah. and on their service. I've, I've been nothing but happy about my MacBook Air. Yeah. 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 See Nick? I think Nick tuned I, us out. Do I see what? <laughs> what am I supposed to see? Apple is good. Can be good. They're not yeah. evil. I, I, I would call that a non sequitur. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Or actually, no. I, I get the two confused a lot, non sector, non sequitur versus post hoc ergo propter hoc. I think I think this one's a post hoc. Label it one yeah. of those ways. Post hoc ergo yeah. propter hoc. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was kind of a non sequitur too because I completely changed the subject. So Nick, let's bring you so back into the conversation. Fallacies. You, Sorry? <laughs> let's bring you back into the conversation. You have a story here about beer, and I don't know anything else about it, so I'll let you explain it. <laughs> Oh man, what did I say about beer? Oh yes, 
Um, interesting story. Basically, I'm not actually sure how old it is. I think it might be kind of a newer one or it might be an older one. Anyway, I'm actively trying to open this link. It's not working very well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I can't do it. Like, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) The point is, um, they have discovered an antioxidant, which I, I think it's like technically an antioxidant, but I'm not sure that that's actually its primary function in the body. Mm-hmm. has a name that I can't access because I can't get into that stupid link. It starts with an X. Uh, XN. Xanthohumol? Yes. Yes, that's the one. But it appears as though it might be able to help uh, stave off dementia and other neurological disorders, maybe. But it's interesting because the only place that you can actually get a significant dietary source of this is in beer and particularly hoppy beer. It's in the hops itself. Mm-hmm. And we don't use hops for anything other than beer usually. So this is just one of the only places that you can actually get it. And from what I read, like, cause a lot of times you'll see, Oh, you know, there's this thing in coffee that can cure blah, blah or something. And it's like, Oh, actually, the thing in coffee is only a precursor to that thing that could be a cure. And you would have to drink like 250 liters a day of coffee to get a significant dose of this thing or, uh, you know, something like that. And blah, blah does affect over 2 million people every goes. year. Blah, blah Sorry? does affect 2 million people every year. Oh, yeah. absolutely. The And the rate of blah, blah only increases as yeah. time goes on. But, you know, it usually that's how a story on this goes but this is actually a significant dosage that can improve your life in beer Hmm. and beer is the only source of it and so i like ipas i am not sure your feelings on ipas uh i've had ipas i didn't like but most of them i like yeah what do you what about you mike i I enjoy ipas i don't like the kind of hoppy ones that burn my mouth, but I like, I like the, <laughs> those are probably the best. I, I like the sweeter ones. Okay. I like a good, cause I've had some double IPAs that are truly like, I can have one, but that's gotta yeah. be it. Cause I just can't keep <laughs> doing that. It's very rich <laughs> in the sense that it's rich in hop flavor, but I don't know. One with a good amount of hops that leaves you with a clean finish. That's yep. I really like those. I don't like it when it lingers too much, but gosh, a nice crisp IPA is just yep. just one of life's pleasures. In that in that That's article, true. it mentioned when it was giving an example of a hoppy beer, it was like, oh, think of all the dark craft brews. And then I was thinking like dark. Like I'm pretty sure. Yeah, people don't really <laughs> understand beer. <laughs> It's true. Honestly, there are people assume that there's just one spectrum from light to dark, and that's the strength of beer spectrum. (laughs) But like, honestly, uh, what is it? What's the Smash Bomb Atomic IPA from Flying Monkey? 
mm-hmm. highly recommended. Uh, but it has like much more of an oomph to it than I I think like Guinness mm-hmm. does. And so people will frequently tell you if they're like, oh yeah, dark, that's a dark beer. That's the strongest we got. But dark beers are often yeah. sweeter because they have a lot more uh, sugars that weren't metabolized by yeast or, you know, compounds that weren't metabolized that give it a very sweet, rich flavor. So in reality, there are two spectra, at least. There's yeah. the well, light to the dark yeah. and the malt to the hop. I'm sure there are a lot more than two, but those are the two simplest Those are the representations. two prime yeah. ones anyway. Yeah. But so, yeah, so it, like you can have very hoppy dark beers and you can have very malty dark beers. Yeah. Yep. Et cetera. But yeah, so they, sorry, that was just a brief rant that came out of absolutely <laughs> nowhere as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, the look for a hoppy beer. Smash bomb atomic IPA is one of my favorites. Uh, Big rock and wild rose both make nice IPAs. And uh, let's go drink some beer, guys. That's perfect. I sh- you know, just like bail on the rest <laughs> of the podcast. I before we do that. <laughs> okay. Um, this actually, like, I have a story that I want to talk about later, but it actually fits in quite nicely here, uh, but on two different fronts. So there was a story that I read. I don't want to get into politics necessarily, especially not on this show. But uh, I just I've read this story, and then it got me thinking about. Uh, something that I've noticed in general. So we've talked a lot about beer on this show. We've talked about how it sustained humanity through the better part of a millennium, possibly even more than that. We had an entire episode on beer. Yeah. So there was a story that came out uh, that during the, or I guess before the state of the union address, one of the Supreme court justices, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had partaken in some of a bottle of wine at dinner. And so she fell asleep during part of the State of the Union. And she commented afterwards that, haha, that happens sometimes. Like, this isn't the first time I've nodded off yeah. during a long speech. And it came out that she, she said she'd had wine. So she was maybe feeling a little bit tipsy. And I know we've talked before about how people, for a long time, sort of having a beer with lunch or having a beer whenever, having any alcohol was just seen as par for the course in a, in a business stance. And, and I think we've kind of moved away from that now, but you still see pieces of it uh, at business lunches or especially particularly in grad school. I've found that a lot of the meals oh. you have at a pub or wherever tend to include a beer or two. And so I wanted to get your thoughts. A what beer <laughs> or two? At lunch. At it's lunch when you're planning to go yeah, back okay. to work. When you're planning to work afterwards. Uh, so I wanted to get your guys' take on, on like, is that happening? Like if you're a Supreme court justice going to attend the president giving a speech that he does once a year, is it so bad to have some alcohol before that? And is the thing that I'm going to term business drunk that I stole from 30 rock, (laughs) is that a valid thing now? I know it used to be greatest thing. Yeah. Is that is that bad? Is that okay? Are these things changing? What do you guys think? <laughs> okay, so for for one, you want to make sure that whatever if you're going to partake in libations, 
you want to make sure you can still perform the required job and responsibilities afterward. Now, in this in this case, if the Supreme Court justice's job was to sit, then and listen to a, you know, maybe I just don't understand the purpose of the State of the Union, but it's probably a fairly inconsequential speech compared to what she normally has to do on a day to day basis. You know, as far as yeah, that's fair, at least in terms right. of her responsibilities yeah. Yeah. during it. Yeah. Like you know, she can always just Google what was said if she really needed to. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Then I don't think there'd be any issue with her specifically doing it. Though if she was going to sit in on a trial, then you wouldn't want to be impaired, especially to the point where you're falling asleep. Um, yeah. Yeah. In a business sense, you also don't want to be smelling like booze if you're like in a meeting, mm-hmm. and then people just right. No, unless everyone else is smelling. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Then you know it's going to be a great. Meeting. <laughs> so I think as long as you're following those rules, then I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be unacceptable. I my take on it is, it all depends on what you're doing yeah. afterwards. So like. me think i usually like if i'm doing any work in a lab like labs are dangerous places Mm -hmm. it's a zero bac right like acids like even the grinding wheels that we have (laughs) you can severely hurt yourself on a grind yeah no literally like you can just if your finger slips and you're pressing down on the grinding wheel you've just lost part of your finger Mm -hmm. like or I don't know if I was doing NDT, like I probably wouldn't want to be drunk if I'm inspecting parts on an aircraft or something like that, where people could die if you miss something. I don't think it's even about being drunk though. It's just being like drowsy or just relaxed where you're missing things there. When you've had one unit of alcohol, you are impaired. Like you're not functioning as well as you possibly could though. Like if I had to, I know alcohol plays a very significant role in the marking of student <laughs> papers or yeah. student exams. Like honestly, it, it has to. <laughs> I don't know if it has to, but it, it commonly is, does. It and it depends on the marker. I in my in my uh, what do I want to say? It's the you know the stupid thing that doesn't really shouldn't count. Anecdotal evidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the anecdotal evidence with which I've been presented seems to heavily suggest that if you got a good mark on a test or, you know, a subjective test, the marker was probably drinking or you did very well. Like they just tend to be harsher when they're sober. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, that's fine if you're, like marking papers or something inconsequential or I don't know. What do people do in offices? (laughs) That's that I think is the biggest question. If you're pounding things into a spreadsheet, (laughs) you're getting reasonably good accuracy. I don't see the problem. with it. That's I think where it happens most. Tell that that to the guy at NASA who did the unit conversion wrong and crashed that, that probe. 
he didn't do unit conversion wrong. He just didn't convert the units. That, I'm pretty sure that's still yeah, wrong. Well, that's, <laughs> I, well, it is wrong. I don't but, know whether that's yeah. a drunkenness but thing. I, I'm or saying just, that kind of mistake. Uh, oh, hey, metric that type of mistake thing. could be made though. Yeah, yeah, but that could be made sober too. Right, but being drunk doesn't help. Right, I think the whole the business drunk thing is is more of a pressing issue because it comes up. You're not going to have a guy doing data entry going out for lunch and having a couple beers. It's going to be the the executive having a drink. I not I'm not saying like never, but I'm saying you it's more common to hear about it when the executives go out for lunch and take the 2-hour lunch and then they come back to the office and they maybe pour themselves a scotch or like <laughs> that work? sort of thing. The decision like 30 rock, I'm thinking <laughs> or <that>. suits. <laughs> Every all, like TV shows often right. exaggerate things, yeah. but it's it's very common knowledge that that sort of scotch bar exists in many offices where there are people like lawyers or or business people. It's that's not a thing that never happens, and so I just think we've adapted pretty well to be able to at least tolerate some alcohol in our system. And it doesn't seem like the end of the world to do that every once in a while. Don't make, maybe don't make a habit of it. And again, no situations when you absolutely shouldn't do that. Yeah. It's, it's all about the consequences of, you know, not consequence of failure, but the consequence of what you're doing. Yeah. Like even if, if I was like, especially groggy or something like that, and I had to go use hydrofluoric acid later, (laughs) like I, tried to get up to snuff like yeah. quickly because that's not something you screw around yeah. with going back to your story rob but oh, sorry I go mean, ahead I thought yeah sorry oh no i mean like uh if i like even reports and stuff or presentations i've done like um you have all the math ready you have all the facts and figures ready but like actually writing out large bodies of text there's not usually a problem with having a scotch or something while you're writing so long as you review it later. Yeah. yeah. So going back to what you're saying, Rob, was there like an uproar over this issue or is it more just like a ha ha look at this old lady got drunk and fell asleep? <laughs> no, I think people, <laughs> I think people were just sort of wanting to like, they were the, the people who wrote it were probably thinking, Oh, people will click on this. But then people who were reading it were going, Oh, should we care about this? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it just fine and something that if it becomes a problem, we can talk about it, yeah. but it, it's not a problem. I think like, I think she did the right thing by just making fun of herself and be like, Oh yeah, that's happened before. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah. This, this got yeah. one guy woke, woke me up all the time, but he's not there anymore. Like, so right. yeah, I, yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, given the circumstances, it's not always fine, but this, in this case it is. I agree with Mike and that the state of the union isn't really all that important. It, like, it, it tends to be where the president lays out a lot of his plans for the following year. So for her job though, as a Supreme court, no, justice, no, no, for her job, not yeah. at all, but like, it's important that she be there, but it's not important. She doesn't yeah. have to be even conscious. <laughs> Clearly she can read a transcript later. She can have a brief given to her. She doesn't need to be yeah. awake for it. Yeah, well, like her, her only stake in that is as a citizen. Yeah, like, like yeah, like they're entirely separate branches of government too. Yeah. Like she's, she is part of the head of the judiciary. Yeah, 
She needs her rest. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> all right, let's uh let's move beyond the drinking section of the podcast. Uh Mike, oh, you have man. a story you have a story here that I have also been following intently this week. Uh although it kind of doesn't matter as much to me anymore as it used to. Um something the unlocking policy in the yeah. States. So, you know, it's kind of one of those ongoing sagas that we hear about every so often. And, and maybe that's why we don't care about it as much. Cause we've talked about it for the past quite good two years, at least by this point. Um, but there's been some new, and from what I could gather, it was unofficial legislation. It was more a voluntary opt-in type thing. I don't know. Maybe Rob, you heard more about it, but it's, it's basically a directive to the cell mobile service providers to um, unlock phones for their customers upon request. Um, yeah. So I guess it goes as far as with the contract once they've, after a, is it after a year or is that for prepaid only? I think it's immediately. No, there's, there's a waiting period. Um, like it, it might be if you buy days, your phone outright it, through a through a provider, they have to unlock it immediately if if requested. Yeah. If it's a subsidized phone, then once that the phone's been paid for, I guess over the term of that contract, then they have to unlock it. And then for prepaid, they right. have to have the phone for a year, and then at that point they can unlock uh, it. So I think that some carriers have already had this yeah. sort of thing in place where you just ask yeah. and they'll do it. So what I'm reading here is that it's after the contract right, is up. Right, yeah. So basically, yeah, that's ideally when the phone's paid for. That's kind of how they've yeah. structured it. Yeah, um, yeah. and then, then there you're able to bring your phone over and they can unlock it. Now, it doesn't have to be for free. I don't believe that was one of the, the requirements. Uh, um, but they have to do it. So I don't, th- I don't know if it's like over right. $10,000 will do it, and then just no one does it, but... Uh, I guess either way, it's a step in the right direction for kind of not being slaves to your, your service provider. Right. I think our, the wireless code of conduct that we have in Canada that we talked about quite a bit has that stipulation yep. as well that within a, I think it is, I think in Canada it's 90 days. I, I don't know. I think I have that number in my head for a reason, but, uh, yeah, in the States it's apparently is slightly different cause it's the carriers that themselves that wrote up this code i remember it always being a lot easier in canada to get your phone unlocked than it had been in like fido and rogers had phone unlocking for a long time um at least as much as i can remember i don't know about what your experience has been nick with at least looking into getting your phone unlocked i don't know i don't actually think i've ever had an or ever gotten a phone unlocked i've definitely never gotten a phone unlocked by a carrier i've I was I've jailbroken say, a phone to unlock it <laughs> i was gonna say i imagine rob would just do it himself <laughs> they they have they have yeah. kiosks in the mall at least around here that will unlock your phone and yeah, yeah. they did they did even yeah. in belleville um and some of them some of them are like i think they actually advertise like oh not by jailbreaking is like a legit unlocking but i think it's still kind of sketchy as far as the legality of it because it's not a carrier yeah. doing it, obviously. But mm. I think there's probably like a list of unlock codes that you can access or buy that they use. But right, 
Uh, yeah, 90 days after the start date for subsidized devices and immediately for unsubsidized devices in Canada. Cool. There you go. Exciting so, yeah, news. we'll see how that so, develops. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, it's voluntary yeah. at this point. So, in theory, car- carriers could just be like, in this case, now we don't like you. <laughs> uh, I, Nick, I don't even know why this story is in here, but uh, you have a story about e cigarettes. <laughs> something yeah. bad happened with e cigarettes. That's technology. Have you, how much exposure have you guys had to e cigarettes? Stephanie. I've seen Stephanie people on the bus. Them. And I don't like it. Isn't she? As an e-cigarette is a cigarette to me. Rob's There's sister. no difference. There's no distinction at all. Oh. Right? Rob, your sister uses e-cigarettes, right? Or did? Uh, she has. I don't know if oh. she still does, but she I know she was has. publicly purporting the benefits of it, so. It's the only- benefits over, over right. smoking, but like. As a stop smoking yeah. aid, I think was the idea. Yeah. 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 Oh, Okay. Yeah, no, like there are a lot of people using them inside yeah. and things like that too, which is, I think, the more concerning thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I just thought, interesting story because you see them in use a lot inside where, you know, you would never allow an actual cigarette. But, uh, no, just interesting data on them. They are... Still, I, I guess the conclusion was they're still better for you than like full on ignited cigarettes. Yeah. But they've got a lot of free radicals in the fumes. Yeah. Which bad for all sorts of reasons. Well, them being in your lungs <laughs> is bad. You don't want like reactive chemicals inside your lungs. Are we taking that bold stance right now? You probably now? don't want a whole I, lot of I have always, things in your mouth, yeah. in your in your mouth, in your lungs. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a title idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, solid. Was there anything? This, there's a video link here. Is there anything specific in this video, or is it just about e-cigarettes? <laughs> no, just I thought it was neat. Okay. Yeah, e-cigarettes bad. I think I think we can move on from that. Is there e-cigarettes bad? Regular cigarettes it's, it's more, worse. Yes. Not smoking yeah. at all. Exactly. Good. I think that was yeah. kind of the take-home message. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the next story here, Nick, is something that I've also been reading over the last couple of weeks. Research coming out about people not trusting scientists and not trusting studies oh. specifically. And this is just so depressing. Yeah. Just. Ugh. Yeah. What's going on? I don't even know what to say about it. Like apparently if if you present someone with an actual study by a qualified scientist or a group of scientists, you say here were their conclusions. And then that person scrolls down and says, "Well, I'm just a simple I don't know." In my head that went, "Well, I'm just a simple house dog." <laughs> I don't know nothing about all this what? fancy science, but in my experience, I have found the opposite to be true. And they'll go, oh, man, that house dog is so wise and eloquent, which is surprising because it's a dog. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the dog on this yeah. one. And it's yeah. just. Now to- 
Am, am I far off? Is that the conclusion of the to, study? To be at least the article that you had posted, it, it specified that they used PSAs as the content, and then the comments regarding the PSA as the, the experiment as far as what was trusted more. Now, I don't find PSAs to be particularly trustworthy, just because generally someone's paying for them, and there's this there's an intent behind the message, and it's usually yeah pro one way or pro the other way. Um, so, like, say with all the government of Canada PSAs about marijuana use, like, there's been a lot of kind of uproar over how misleading they are and very propaganda like, well, yeah, right? Because so, so in that case, yeah. you wouldn't want to just trust the PSA just at face value. You'd want to do more research into it and, and kind of see kind of the facts behind what they're claiming. Um, now, yeah. when it comes to actual like scientific articles that are purely based on fact and reports on research, then I think those cases you want to trust more than than the comments. But from a PSA perspective, I wouldn't say that they're intended to be trustworthy at face value, or you shouldn't. Is it just PSAs? Because I know, like, uh, what was the organization? They quote it in that video that uh, the new scientist, is it? Yeah. Okay. They yeah. just completely took comments out of their website a few years ago for this Yeah, no, and, and it definitely occurs in other, in other medium. But from the research aspect that the study they were talking about, it was for, with PSAs they were using as um, the... Let's say, did that not cite several studies? Maybe. At least the one I remember was talking about they, PSAs. I could be misremembering. Oh, okay, because there, there, it is a well-documented okay. phenomenon. So far as I'm yeah. aware, Rob, you can yeah. accept if, or refute. If there's, uh, like, I would tend to trust a PSA more if it, after, at the end of the the message, it had links to sources where you could find out more for yourself. Yeah, I'm not talking specifically about PSAs, but just the general phenomenon. Of people not of people trusting what they already thought in comments more than the study itself. Well, I wasn't going to go for just straight up confirmation bias, yeah. but yeah, that is. I think yeah, what that's is, that's think. kind of my take home from that is that people just agree with what they already thought before reading it. Yeah. No matter what the yeah. source of where the original material came from and where the source of the new material, the new information comes from. Yeah. Maybe we should just head to the comments section of stories based on these studies and say, well, actually, no, that's, that's not true. I have no formal credentials, but I'm pretty sure that this is false. And people will be like, yeah, I thought so. That's great. Yeah. And then <laughs> get the people to trust the comments more than the study. Yeah. Just like the study said it would. <laughs> it would be great if we could somehow reset the, the clock so that, People saying I'm not a scientist would be like dismissed out of hand and people with actual data to back them up would be trusted. But I feel like we've moved away from that and anybody with a soapbox can say anything they want and people will listen. It's a little terrifying thinking about the future where that is the case. Yeah. Oh, it's just... Oh. Lots of measles. Yeah. You almost need like a verified logo for just people. Like... Yeah just attached to their name all over the internet. And so that wherever they are, you can kind of have some sort of yeah. confirmation that they, they're, legit. I don't know how you'd do that. You'd need some kind of 
governing yeah. body and then people who didn't trust the science wouldn't trust that governing body. So it'd be hard to like the people that wanted the objective truth would be able to find it a lot easier, but the people that didn't, which are really the problem would still be like, Whoa, we can't trust that government organization that's giving certain scientists their, but then people can say, well, you're crazy. So we're not going to listen to you, but they can already do that. I do that every day. This kind of brings me back to, uh, it was a story I was listening to. I can't remember what the program was, but it was on uh, yoga as a method of weight loss. Okay. And they were saying that, well, their findings suggest that with a lot of yoga to that point anyway, which was several years ago, uh, it doesn't really help people lose weight. It tends to slow the metabolism Mm. just because Mm. that appears to be the general effect. And they were like, and this is purely, you know, in general, uh, it's not the case for everybody because individuals are very different people. And it's just, this is what my research suggests. And Weird. by God, it was a call-in program. <laughs> uh, so I, you know what happened yeah, yeah. next. They had Joe from, I don't know, Resolute Bay <laughs> calling in well, my cousin actually did a lot of yoga and she lost a whole bunch of weight. So I don't know if I believe this or not. And they'd go back to the researcher who said, yes, individuals are different. <laughs> and I did say this was a general case. It doesn't apply to everyone. These are general findings. They're like, well, that's fascinating. Now to Patricia from Red Deer. Well, I've done a lot of hot yoga in my day, and I lost a whole bunch of weight doing that. <laughs> Cut back to the research. Yes, these are general findings. It doesn't apply to everyone. People want general, but they also want the anecdote for some reason. Like people want to, they hear something, they go, "Oh, well, doesn't apply to me." But then, they, like everyone has that story yeah. with where they're the exception. Yeah. Or something is the exception. I don't. I don't know if there's any way to no. control that. It's like this, human nature, and that is why I went into chemistry rather than biology, because chemical systems are just so much easier to control. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, and see, like science looks for the exceptions, and and they research further on why those exceptions happen. Like when you're looking for new particles, you crash them into each other and you know what should happen and when something else happens and that's when you look more into it but then that doesn't mean the other science was wrong it's just there's something else to it so but yeah nothing's really i don't think anything ever is 100 percent like like 100 percent case for everything unless it's like right we're always searching for the unless it's a mathematical mathematics yeah but even then it's like well there's other mathematics you can use to get other results so or physical laws. Even physical laws change, though. <laughs> like, they, you learn more about them. They don't change, per se, but you learn, you, they get developed further and better understanding you, of them. Yeah, yeah. They get yeah. more precise, and they describe more systems. And okay. uh, There's an XKCD comic that I'm vividly seeing in my head right now, talking about pure science. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that one. That was an old oh, one. Oh, purity yeah, of yeah. science. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link to it just because that's fun. We should have a link to a different <laughs> XKCD every week. 
Yeah, just recreate the relevant XKCD account yeah. from Reddit. Yeah. The um so I don't know that we'll fix people not trusting scientists, but by all means trust your scientists if you're listening yeah. to this. But if you're a reasonable at, at least being, do your own research. At least do your own research if you doubt them. Trust yeah. science, I guess. Not trust scientists, but trust, trust science. science. Trust the scientific yeah. method. I would say trust scientific consensus. Yeah. More yeah. so. Cause Good clarification. Yeah. Man, scientists are people too, and you can get individuals with really wonky <laughs> ideas. Thank you, Andrew Wakefield. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not sure I follow him. He's the autism guy. Autism vaccine oh, guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was also blatantly fabricated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. He was a scientist, and now he's not. <laughs> but people still trust him. True enough. Uh, yeah. I don't think anyone still trusts him. No one him, in the scientific community does. Out, of course. No, but the message right. is out. His message is still trusted, but not him. I don't know. It's people still take his far. stuff for... But it's not his. They take his message, but not him. They're not like, Andrew Wakefield said this, because that would obviously get destroyed when they said, oh, yeah, he's now not practicing medicine anymore because he's a fraud. I don't know. It, yeah. It depends. Like, uh, there's, what's his guy who... Uh, Dr. Oz? <laughs> no. I would almost argue this guy was worse. Oh. He, uh, he proved, air quotes, homeopathy. He said that... Uh, his hypothesis was that like he was he had take he had done homeopathic uh, dilutions and he said he was still getting chemical tests giving positive results for these molecules even though they couldn't possibly be in the the sample mm-hmm. so his hypothesis was basically that the water molecules had been altered to like get be in the shape they would be if a molecule was there and they were just holding that configuration yeah. and causing positives yeah. in the tests and then he p- tried to publish that, and the editors went, you're making some pretty fantastical claims right here, so we're going to go ahead and just audit your process. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Try and reproduce it. And they went to his lab, and turns out he wasn't really cleaning things all that well. And so, uh, but he's still, he's still on a public speaking circuit supporting yeah. homeopathy yeah that's true even though he has been roundly refuted by everyone who has sought to try you and know what my favorite thing about that story and that, that that is a scientific like it's something you see all the time in science is he submitted this paper making these extra these amazing claims the scientists didn't go you're an idiot please go go do something else with your life they said that sounds really cool. Let's test, but we're incredulous. So let's test your methods. And they test, they went and looked at what he had done and found big holes in it and refuted it. Didn't, they didn't just say no out of hand or deny his, his uh, paper being published. They actually went back, did the research and found that it was made up fraudulent slash error, error full. I love science. Mm-hmm. It's good for everything. Basically, yeah. Almost yeah. everything. Uh, yeah, that's true. Sometimes in social situations, the scientific method isn't the best one to use, but 95% of cases. 
Man, let me tell you, when I, when you head to a party and people start spouting BS and you go, actually, you're an idiot. <laughs> it doesn't go so well at the party. I had to tell someone at a bar that apples don't have any caffeine in them and that I, that was not friends with that person. Afterwards. What? Who thought apples had caffeine? Wait, is this, do I remember this story? I think Maybe. I do. Yeah. That what was, was that understanding based on that apples had caffeine? I don't, I, probably re- reading something like, Eating an apple in the morning is equivalent to oh, okay. having a cup of or that coffee. It, yeah, or that, it, yeah, okay, I, no. Right. Yeah. I think I remember the, the actual headline was of that was, eating an apple gives you more energy than a cup right. of coffee. And I believe you could say, well, technically, yes, because apples have calories in them, which <laughs> yeah. are energy, and caffeine does not have any energy in it. It is a zero-calorie drink, so... Obviously, the conclusion is, yes, there is more energy in an apple than in a coffee. And that got conflated to, well, caffeine gives you energy. Yeah. And yeah. caffeine's the stuff in coffee. So there must be more caf- there must be more caffeine in apples than in coffee, which, as Rob rightly pointed out, is a ridiculous claim. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll move on from that. Uh, there's a couple of Google, Google stories here that we'll talk about before we go. Um, I think this is more of a, a tech PSA than anything else. This first one about Google giving free storage space. Did you guys go yeah. and Nick, you put this in here. Did you go and do the, the Google uh, security check? No, <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, I'm a bad person, but I don't know. I thought. I don't even think it's really that discussion worthy. I was just going to say like, go do it. Hey listeners, Google will give you two gigabytes of free storage. If you do their security audit thing. Yeah. It's answering three very basic questions. Like you literally click the like, yes, yes, yes. And you get it. I didn't at the end of February, at the end of February. Okay. I was going to say, I haven't got any yet. So yeah, you do it, Mike. Yeah. So my story, which is slightly more complex than either of yours, <laughs> sounds like Nick, especially yours. Um, I did it. I went and read the story. I did it. And then nothing happened. Like it didn't confirm anything. It didn't say anything. And then I went and did it again. Uh, my, my security policies were all fine. So like this was literally nothing changed yeah. in my account by having done this. Uh, and then I went back and read the article, a different article about it and it said this is not does not apply to google apps accounts so i don't get to participate what? in this <laughs> yeah see because i thought that because i already have 25 of free storage that it wouldn't give me two more but if it's yeah i still don't know how i don't you know either that. that's magic to me. somehow have it <laughs> yeah I, so i was like oh okay, well, whatever mike are you magic i might be are you have you ever been called magic mike <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to the other google story <laughs> uh mike you want to talk about this thing i'll let you just i don't what is it yeah that's fine go ahead oh the, what do you mean one, you don't want to talk about story. this i don't want to talk about it see now you're pooping on my party yeah, yeah i am so i'm sorry way to be a party pooper yeah rob this 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 is the beginning and end of our poop segment and you are pooping on our party it's a poop yeah. segment, so yeah. Go ahead. Also, that is now three podcasts in a row where we have said poop. And speaking of poop, this device 
could sense poop in the area. Yes. And it, this, how, Mike? This how? patented we technology. We don't know. We don't know yet. There's no device. There's no device. <laughs> There's a patent. There's an idea for a device. There may or may not be a device yes. yet. It may be in a Google Z lab somewhere. Their new division with yeah. fantasticular products. They, t- they, they have huge <laughs> visions of smelling. <laughs> and it is a patent for a device that is a wearable that is a geolocator. So you can get, you know, kind of activity tracking, GPS type stuff. But it also has scent sensing capabilities. And I guess it emits like smell, like a better smell if you are in an yeah, area where a, there's a, a pleasing a fragrance. Pleasing fragrance. Yeah. Oh, really? So you clip That's it to like cool. your collar. And then if you pass by like a dump, then it just goes and it's like, Man. Nice. Now imagine this. Imagine you equip a Google, like the the Google cars. What do you call them? Google cars. I, just I want to call them just, smart cars because they're like a smartphone, but there there is already a thing <laughs> called smart cars. The self driving car. Um, yeah. Yeah. So imagine you've got your self driving cars, but each one is equipped with a smell sensor. So like it just gathers data about the smells of a city, and then. Can you imagine if it like rerouted your walking directions or bicycling directions based on what the yeah. ambient smells are like? That would be so cool. That, I don't know. It was maybe extrapolation on the article's part, but they actually mentioned about this device yeah. being able to reroute you based on whatever <laughs> conditions. I'm serious. <laughs> what is happening? Rob, how are you not excited this about is the a future, cool future, Rob. Story? Okay. The future. You- you guys, we've had the ability to detect the, the things you can smell. The things the human nose is capable of smelling are almost all volatile organic compounds in some form. A varying size, a varying reactivity. We, ha- we can already do that. Th- those sensors so you exist. Think they're just want, they're pers- they're, you think they're just proposing that everyone walk around with a type of a breathalyzer. Time of mass spec? Yes, Rob, it's like a breathalyzer. Saying? It's like a fire alarm. They all work on the same principle. They detect certain no, they compounds don't. in the air. No. Through various methods. Yes. A breathalyzer works the same way. I think, I think, Rob, you're yes. pulling stuff out of another bad smelling place. That's what I think you're doing. <laughs> this is, it's an organic compound detector. A breathalyzer does detect a specific type of organic compound. The... A fire alarm or a fire um, smoke alarm detects big, solid particles in the air. Particles that are opaque. Well, that's it's more a UV vis detector, except it's so far UV that some of them are radiation. The point here is that, but it like detects interference between the whatever source and the detector. The point is is that this is a wearable now. And more wearables right. is a good thing. Are they? I mean, another. I don't think it's the end of the world to have a, a breathalyzer sensor on a smartphone, for instance. But it's not like amazing new technology. Rob, why don't you just why don't you just take the collective dreams of people, just hold them down. And just drop a big solid deuce on it. <laughs> what is like, the dream here? <laughs> this. D- 
you know, detection of smells, like broad smells. Do you guys want me to be able to detect my own smell and be able to transmit it to you? Do you guys want to yes, know what it smells like in this room while we're in a video and chat? I'd like for you to be able to know about your own stench before you come I and see us. I seem to remember that being an Apple Watch feature. Maybe. I'm- when was the last time you used soap, Rob? <laughs> Maybe I'm misremembering. But There's- what? What kind of soap? I used shampoo this morning. Oh my! Someone's fancy. Yep. All for you guys. Shampoo. And maybe Valentine's Day. Who are you trying to impress? <laughs> it is Valentine's Day after all. It is. And I oh, shaved so a little is. bit. I trimmed at least. Okay. So, so you guys are excited about the smell thing. I'm, I don't really care either way. How is this happening? How do you not care? This about is like cool opposite technology? day. This is, but, but I'm saying it's not new technology. Yeah. Mike's Bizarro all enthusiastic world. and Rob's a curmudgeonly old man who hates fun it's happiness what about this makes you fun or how do you feel about puppies rob rob hates dogs yeah yeah look where we are there we go we've we've solved it we cracked the case gosh you guys have anything else to say on this smell thing i'm i'm over it i the only thing I could possibly add is my continued astonishment at your apathy towards this story. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get more astonished by it over time. If they said we have this product that can smell stuff and it also like does geolocation and all this other wearable stuff. Like if it was a wearable that also happened to have smell stuff and it was coming out in the next couple months, I'd be like, wow, that's really cool. But this is just a patent. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Apple has patented so many cool technologies and we never even give them the light of have day. Have you told us about them? No, you've, no, you've you haven't. Articles about them. That is not our fault. All right. I'll prepare next week. I'll prepare a long list of Apple patents that are not products that we should I be would excited be lo- about. I would love to hear about those. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a sneak peek, the one that I remember off the top of my head very vividly. Uh, they have a patent to detect by by location if there's a concert going on and give the, I guess, the cell carrier or the, 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 the event holder the ability to disable smartphone cameras during a live event. That is a horrible oh, idea. That's terrible. I agree, but that's an Apple patent. That You just proved Apple's evilness right there. <laughs> They patent everything. They have a patent on a black rectangle with rounded corners. They won a lawsuit on that. Literally, I've brought that up and you got mad at me. And now you're bringing it up. So this, what? Is, li- this is backwards. Just- no, I'm saying they're not evil. They just have a lot of patents. Evil patents. Okay. You guys, you guys done now? Just- I'm so done. I literally can't even right now with you. you. Can't. Nick, I know you can't even. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Don't you tell me what I can and cannot even, Rob. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you guys still want to talk, we'll have an after show maybe for a bit. But uh, I'm going to say goodbye for this week. 
Thank you for joining us for Future Chat. As always, we will be back next week with more science and tech talk. In the meantime, you can feel free to drop us a message on Twitter at Future Chats or on Google+. And uh, you can find past episodes and more at futurechat.me on the web. See you guys next time. Mike and I are so sorry for Rob this week. We're just so sorry. <laughs> we'll talk to him. Promise. All right. Do you guys still want to talk? We can we can have an after show if you guys want. I don't have a lot of time, but that was getting ridiculous. What the hell, man? <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> you guys can't hear this, but the exit music from last episode is playing in my ears right now. <laughs> Why is that? It was almost the exact same length as last time. I don't have any Q&A today. That was yeah. fun. What the Thanks, hell guys. happened? The music is, is in my is audition. What is podcast? <laughs> it was playing through. That was fun. Okay, so just, just a quick little thing here, Rob. Yeah. Um, it was recently communicated to me that you know, a lot of people just talk about people. Smarter people yep. talk about events mm-hmm. and the smartest discuss concepts. Okay. You're effectively only getting excited over actual events. And Mike and I are getting excited about concepts. Just throwing but that out there. This isn't a new concept. Sorry. This is not a new concept. Why is it a patent? It's an old concept. Why is it a patent? It is a conceptual patent, I believe. Why did Taylor Swift trademark her name? Trademarks aren't the same as patents. Now you're talking about people. Oh my gosh. It's the same idea. No, it's not. It's really not, Rob. Trademarks are not innovation. How is it the same idea? Don't get CGP Grey coming after you talking about trademarks and patents like that. That's just. <laughs> that would be so cool if he did that. <laughs> I, I got to say, if, if you got told off by CGP Grey personally, I would be a little yeah. bit jealous because he was talking to you. I know, right? I know. <laughs> Can we like write CGP Grey and ask him to tell off Rob? <laughs> Given, you could. He'd, given he might how, answer. Given how he like usually writes email <laughs> or handles his email based on hello internet, I don't think it will actually happen. But you know, you could, you could, you could try maybe, on Twitter. Maybe Brady would do it. I've talked. I, Brady has mentioned me on Twitter. Has he now? He yeah. at mentioned you. That's what I mean. That's what mentioning is. It's not like he's like, hey, there's this cool guy, Rob. Check him out. I didn't say he, like, <laughs> gave me an endorsement. <laughs> I said he mentioned my name. Why do you hate everything today, Rob? I don't hate everything. I love everything except for this stupid patent. <laughs> is it because it's Google, Have Rob? Like- is that why it is? It's because it's Google, isn't it? No, I love, I like, yeah, I'm, I'm spiteful because they didn't give me two gigabytes. <laughs> I, I would assume that you're, like, angry because you don't have a date on Valentine's Day, but that's not it. I know you have it. Speaking date. of, I should Are probably you upset get because you're being to forced that. to celebrate Val- Valentine's Day, Rob. I'm not upset. You're I just, like, this is just a patent. You've all like gotten gussied up this morning and you just don't see the reason for it. And you're all angry. And now you're taking it out on Mike and I, 
Is that I it? I feel like you're projecting right We're now. We're not the ones making <laughs> you shampoo. I don't actually have to celebrate Valentine's Day. <laughs> hmm. I this isn't this isn't a really great thing. Um the the last this story, this link you posted says Google CFO Patrick Pichette recently talked of the need to make tough decisions to cancel projects. We suspect this one may not be too tough a call. That's, that's opinion, that's, by the way. I know it's opinion, but it's opinion I agree with. It's like the most needless patent. We talked at length today about how confirmation bias was terrible. And now well, you're how doing is the same confirmation thing, Rob. The same thing. How is this confirmation bias? Because you're like, based on this, you know, useless conjecture <laughs> that I agree with, <laughs> I think it's um, stupid. So, uh, the, the, <laughs> the patent here, I'm on page five of the patent. Uh, it says, the, the first, there's a, a diagram showing, I guess, like a decision tree for the software. Okay. And... At the start, there's input that that is then asked the question: Are there any changes that would require a change in the emission plan? <laughs> you can prompt the user prior to fragrance emission for confirmation of emission, and then once the user confirms emission, you can either emit fragrance as planned or do not emit fragrance. That sounds like a, a solid decision-making tree based on this it, idea, right? It's a, it, it's a. I'm, I'm not saying anything about the decision. That was more of the language of the, use the word emission, but uh, this doesn't do anything for me. Well, I don't need this product in any way, and neither do you. We're the ones that need it for your smell. No, it's the the point is to when you rubs. smell bad, you can stay away from people. You can avoid people, and if you have to see them, you can smell Using good. Using the for... geolocation to avoid the bad-smelling people. But it's it's not covering up anything. You wouldn't... No, it it's wouldn't, for your own benefit. This isn't a grid. No, but this isn't a grid where you connect to it, and once you're connected, it like knows you smell bad and broadcasts the fact that you smell bad to other users. It is so you yourself can avoid people I think if you what smell I'm hearing bad. here is the death knell of future chat. Because Rob is no longer excited about talking about the future. <laughs> this is not the future. This is the past. <laughs> We've done smell stuff already as humans. We also talked about the effect of poop transplants on body weight. Like yeah, a couple which times. Is valid we still science. About it. This is that's valid science. This is in no way scientific. It's a bit, little bit tech. And that's why we mentioned it. That's why we talked about it. But I don't think it's exciting edge. Like, what do you even call it? Rob, it's not I like usually breaking news. Understand you. I know and that was nonsense. Every so often, like the 90 or the 99th time out of a hundred, something like this happens. And I just realized that I don't understand you at all. <laughs> I'm like a woman. <laughs> I love you. I do like a woman. Slightly different. <laughs> um, we'll get Not into literally. the specifics later, but I just... Future chat after, after hours. After show. <laughs> I don't get it, Rob. I just don't get it. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure I get it either. 
Okay. Well, as long as you can be transparent about that. Yeah. I'm I also realizing I have no that excitement I'm, for this. I'm talking directly to you, like the little square at the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the screen. And yeah, it's funny because yeah, I'm sure that's great for the audio. way it looks. You can actually see like you looking down at him. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, I'm looking down at you now too. <laughs> are you Are you guys ready to wrap it up this week? I thought we already wrapped it up. No, but I mean, like we're still on the air. <laughs> Are you ready to drive up the after show? Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm ending it. See you guys later. Bye. I don't get you, Rob. I just don't get you.